Welcome back to the LaSalle International Circuit here for the Grand Prix of Doha. Back-to-back -back races on what a way to kickstart 2021 with two races in seven days. And what a night we have had. Steve Day and Simon Crayfar to bring you after the flag. And also Matt Burt will be interviewing the top three on a night where Fabio Quattararo gets back to winning ways. An unbelievable ride from the Monster Energy Yamaha man. But in general, what a race it was. The closest ever top 15, the closest ever top 10. It had everything. We just didn't know what was going to happen, and that's what racing's about. Actually, over the whole night, um, I, I, I'm so happy with the racing, you know. It's, it's, I was buzzing in pit lane. Um, I was lucky enough, Steve, I was just thinking about it. I was lucky enough to be part of the World Superbike Championship golden era. I was sitting out on pit lane tonight after those three races before coming here going, now I feel like I'm part of a golden era that's happening in MotoGP. Yeah, they're very well put, Simon. And you're quite right because we didn't know where to look uh, at all at any point during tonight's race. It really was incredible. At one point, it felt like it was Ducati's. At one point, it was Yamaha's. No one knew what was going to happen. Well, we have to give firstly a shout out to, to Jorge Martin, the rookie on pole position. He said that his intention was to try and learn from those who went past him. But for the first 15 laps, no one did go past him. And that's why he was saying it's so hard, you know. It's always harder to lead, you know. It's nice to sit behind like uh, Clever Zarco did the whole evening. Um, but to do it with that little experience and do it so well, you know, with no, no mistakes, truly awesome. Like, yeah. he's dangerous, you know. You know, Matt, uh, sorry, Steve, before Matt comes... Um, I get a little bit of flack, and understandably, uh, about not being sympathetic about the older boys moving on because I'm so excited. You know, the older boys have had their chance, so excited about the rookies coming. Tonight is why, you know? Yeah. And all three classes, it's truly amazing what they can do, the new blood. I think what was also really impressive about Jorge Martin, if we stay with him now, because we're looking, this is where he came under pressure from Alex Rins, is the fact that it would have been so easy, Simon, for him to have been passed by one rider and then to go, OK, it's coming now, the Alamo's coming, and I'm in real trouble. But he kept his cool. The whole race he kept his cool. And even how he was speaking, we're watching it on there, even how he was speaking... After the race, about how it was a shame that Joe and Zarco passed him because he was still thinking about trying to get back to Quattararo. And I couldn't believe how quick he was through the infield on the bike that isn't as strong through the infield. He's amazing. It's unreal. And the others are coming, you know. Bastianini, they, they haven't got the same machinery. Um, they can't show it straight away exactly, you know, but they are coming. They certainly are. What a night it was for French uh, motorsport as well, with Quattararo first and Sarko second. The first time that has ever happened in the history of MotoGP. Fabio Quattararo's ride was absolutely sensational because he got punted wide at one point. They didn't make the best of starts. He was way back, but it was very much like Maverick's win from last week. Yeah, I was worried, genuinely worried for the, uh, the Monster Yamaha guys because they didn't make the start. They got a bit beaten up. And I thought, whoa, it's not going to plan. I thought, you know, the head might fall off, you know, make a mistake. But wow. I mean, I said a couple of times tonight already that it was Fabio's best win. I put that wrong. It's for me, it's Fabio's best race I've ever seen him do because yeah. he put it all together. And it could have gone wrong at so many times, but 
Uh, yeah, it didn't because he, he, was, he was class tonight. It looked like his teammate Maverick Vinales just got tripped up a few too many times to try and join him on the podium. He certainly gave it his best effort. He'll be disappointed tonight, but it's just so difficult, isn't it, to get your way through onto these Ducatis, especially when you've got other bikes right behind you trying to move. When you're trying to move, it's, it was a mess out there at times. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the Ducatis played their cards so well, you know. And the, they've obviously been speaking about last week not happy how it went and uh and tonight they almost put it together perfectly and it was only Fabio's brilliance really that and I think Maverick would have been there as well if he hadn't lost a bit of time in there if he'd managed to get it through but Fabio got through he broke them by keeping that once down the front straight mm -hmm. in front of them and then he could pull the gap some more uh, and yeah amazing and who would have thought, Simon, uh, when it comes to Joan Zarco, as we look here at the Yamahas trying to charge through in Vinales, who would have thought a few years ago that Joan Zarco would be turning up on a Ducati in Pramac colours, two second places, and would be the world championship leader going into round three, 2021? Well, I think a lot of people will be uh, yelling at the TV right now going, me, because there's a lot of Joan Zarco believers out there. And I don't, I mean... They're proven right tonight. Um, he is, he's a wily old fox, isn't he? You know, and he has proven that for years with Moto2 and then his days on the Yamaha and MotoGP. And again tonight, he, he's Clay's double world champion. He knows how to fight for a world championship. He's a real danger. So a fantastic night then that sees Fabio Quattararo taking the victory ahead of Joanne Zarco and Jorge Martin. We've got to talk about the Suzuki's as well. An interesting night for them. Alex Rins got up there really early on, but you just wonder, don't you, if that big moment on the front was the point where Alex Rins may have realised maybe a podium wasn't on the cards? I think the moment on the front, you guys called it, was clipping the paint on the inside because it let go right on the paint and it grabbed back after, you know, shortly after. So I don't think at that stage his front tyre had gone. He fought back. It just didn't go to plan. I mean, the only... Look, put it this way. Tonight was a nightmare if you were riding an inline four. You know, a nightmare to have those Ducatis fight back repeatedly. And Quattararo was the only one, even though there was two Suzukis and two Yamahas good enough to do it, Quattararo was the only one that managed to pull it off. Let's go over to uh, Matt Burt now. He is with the sensational rookie Jorge Martin in just his second MotoGP race. He is on the podium. Over to you, Matt. Yeah, thanks a lot, Steve. I'm almost speechless, Jorge, after watching your incredible weekend, a dream pole position in MotoGP for the first time last night, and then you led the first 18 laps and standing on the podium for the first time in MotoGP. Can you put into words your emotions right now? Well, it's difficult to explain my emotions because uh, it just happened like <laughs> five minutes ago. Um, I think I did a really mature weekend because uh, I was working always alone, trying to understand my style, trying to improve those points from, from last weekend that I knew I had to improve and, and the pace was, was great. And today in the race, I did a great start. I was in front. And yeah, I was expecting someone to pass me a bit before. But anyway, I, I wanted to be in front because uh, I could manage the, the rear tyre because I knew at the end of the race I was going to be at the limit. And being in the front uh, was um, useful for me to understand the bike, to understand breaking points. Uh, also with the full tank was difficult at the beginning, 
but I was trying to be relaxed and the pace was there, so really happy. And yeah, as soon as I, I was hearing some riders, uh, I was pushing because I said, no, I need to be first. If someone passed me, I will be in trouble because uh, I don't have the pace to, to win, no? Um, you could see at the end with Fabio that he had a bit more of a speed. I was, I think, uh, really, really intelligent today and really mature. Uh, because I need laps. I need laps, I need experience, and I need a bit of speed. But anyway, with, with, this, with this thing I miss, uh, I'm still on the podium. Uh, my feeling, I think, is I'm not happy 100% because I lost the second position to corners to go. Uh, for sure, uh, if, it wa if it wasn't Zarco, I will, I will try in the last corner. But, I mean, he has another role in the team now. He's, he's leading the championship. Yep. So now he has to push for, uh, for that championship and I just have to learn and keep pushing. Two words that are so important you just mentioned there, Jorge, maturity and intelligence. The first time you've led him out of the GP race, we expected you to get a strong start with the Ducati hole shot device, but was it a surprise for you to lead? And how did you feel when you were leading a Grand Prix for the first time? Because you look so confident, so comfortable. Yeah, OK, so... The start was good. And after two or three laps, I said, OK, then now someone will overtake me because I was watching on the television that they were really close. I saw Rins, I saw also Aleix, Maverick, they were there. But anybody was overtaking me. And when I saw the pace, that I wasn't pushing, but I was making 55 lows, I said, OK, maybe if I can keep this pace through all the race, uh, I, can, I can be maybe battling for the win. Uh, and then I, wa I wasn't surprised because of my pace, but I was surprised because at the beginning of the race, I, I didn't thought this would happen. So happy, happy to control. It's a pity because I didn't learn what the, the things I, I wanted because for sure fo following Johan, Fabio, I learned a bit more, but being alone is difficult to learn. I, just, I think I improved my concentration, my focus. And I improve also the management of the of the tank, the fuel, and also the tires. And this is enough. We had to take the opportunity because when we arrive to Portimao, this will be again my target will be top ten, not the podium. But today we have we, we took the, the chance and we did a podium. Boy, amazing race. I'm sure after the race you said somebody was probably looking down on you on your shoulder tonight. Yeah, Fausto, yeah, 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 I'm yeah, sure you'd like to say yeah. a few words uh, about him. Yeah, I want to dedicate the podium to Fausto, and I think. Well, I don't think. I mean, he, he gave me the opportunity when I was really down uh, with, with no chance even to, to continue racing. And he gave me the opportunity with a competitive bike and for sure he's watching up there. And, and yeah, I really miss him because he was a really close friend. And, and yeah, this is for him and for his family. You might not know this, but the last time a rookie in MotoGP finished on the podium in just their second race, it was a certain Marc Marquez in Austin back in 2013. I don't think it's Thank going to you. be too long before you're going to be giving Marc Marquez a few problems. Huge congratulations, Jorge. Thank you. A stunning ride. Thank you. Yeah, I think Marc Marquez is still uh, <laughs> one of the best in, the, in all, the, all, the, all the MotoGP career, but, but I, am, I am doing great and hopefully I can arrive to to make some wins. You certainly are doing great, mate. Congratulations. Back to you guys in the studio from a very happy Jorge Martin. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Thanks very much, Matt. He's a lovable guy, is Jorge Martin. Great respects paid and tributes to Fausto Grassini. And, uh, well, Matt's right. We're going to be seeing plenty more of Jorge Martin. He's just a class act right through. Yeah. Um, I'd like to start, if we've got time, quickly to describe... It sounds like we have. I can't go on for long, but I'll just quickly say then that... What you're seeing from Jorge Martin is a clever, driven rider that has been given the experience Moto3 
rookies, sorry, rookies cup winning, Moto3, then Moto2, then World Championship. This conveyor belt works. If you're clever, that's what you get. He's amazing. Yeah, the road to MotoGP certainly works. It did for this young man as well. Fabio Quattararo, back to winning ways. Let's cross over to Matt now. Yeah, thanks a lot, Steve. Fabio, I'm not really sure where to start after that one. The closest top 15 in MotoGP history, the first time since 1954 that two French riders have been on a Premier Class podium. Your first win of the season, your first for the factory Yamaha team, you really had to work hard for it. We could see how much it meant to you when you crossed the finish line, Fabio. How does it feel now? It's had a little bit of time to sink in. I have no words, honestly, because uh, it's a win that... Uh change a little bit from the first the first three that I had last year because this one <clears throat> we had already one in uh, last week's last week and I make totally different I was feeling like an amateur last week that I don't play nothing with the map uh, nothing with the tire and uh, I was uh, three days in a hotel like uh, I'm stupid why I, I don't use my brain when I'm riding and it's difficult uh, and uh, this one I it was totally different. I think so well. Uh, I play so much with the map, with the tires, and I think it was nine or ten laps to the end. I said, okay, now, right now is the moment to push and show our potential. And uh, we show that uh, um, we have won the, the closest race, like you say, the top 15, and uh, great to finish in, uh, in the first position. Take us back 24 hours, because in FP4, you were really, really strong. And I'm sure when you went to bed last night, you actually thought, I've got a chance of winning tomorrow night. Your pace was really strong in FP4. Yes, and uh, I was so happy because I felt like uh, I was the only one to make all the FP4 in a row with high 54. And uh, we make a plan, but I say, OK, after Moto3 and Moto2, the track is always difficult and we talk to the team the team say okay think well we will uh, we have our plan of uh, which lap we need to change the maps and everything but is your feeling so play it well and i play it so well and was totally different from what we we have planned we expected the ducatis to start strong i think on lap five fabio you came over the line down in ninth place how, how difficult is it in that scenario to, to keep calm keep composed and just wait for your moment to come and pick your way through the field was difficult because, you know, with all this slipstream, first corner was our strong point and uh, I've lost a little bit my reference. And I think this is something I need to work on during uh, next races, you know, to to know where I can break. And uh, was tough, but when I saw Maverick coming, I said, OK, right now uh, it's my turn. <laughs> uh, I need to, to start now to push, uh, swap maps and just go for it and was the correct moment to do and uh, I was feeling like uh, so, so good. Uh, when I overtake Johan, immediately overtake Martin. So, yes. Those uh, last four laps, I think every single one of them was a 55-1. Yeah. You knew you had to do it to stop the Ducatis coming by you on the straight, but you, you looked so in control in those last four laps. It looked like the lap time was coming easy, and despite the late scare, when I think you ran over some debris dropped by Danilo Petruccia, were you worried at that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so scared because, you know, in that moment, I was trying to to shift in a perfect moment, to have the less wheelie as possible, but my, my wheel and my bike just wanted to go to the left, and I hit this um, thing on the ground, and I thought, not a puncture, please, because make a noise that felt really bad. And uh, actually, my last lap was 55-3 uh, or 1, but I felt 
not so fast in the last lap because also last corner I had a soft break and I, I break much earlier and uh, I was looking the TV on the right and I say oh, is Ducati is going to overtake or not and uh, finally it was good to pass the checker flag on the, on the first position. And a great night for France of course a 1-2 on the podium with Joan Zarco as well I mean French fans must be going crazy in Europe right now. Yeah, yeah, honestly, I had a lot of emotion, but when I hear Johan singing the French uh, national singer? item... Is he a good singer? Yeah, yeah, he's a good singer, he plays piano, he can do much more work. Uh, I will find him a work uh, when uh, he gets older, but uh, all the emotion I have was love in a, in a podium, and uh, honestly, I want to congratulate him because he crossed some tough moments, and uh, um, singing the French item... Um, French, how you say? Anthem. Anthem. Anthem from uh, France together was one of the best moments I ever had. Huge congratulations, Fabio. Great to see you back on the top step of the podium. Enjoy the big mac and fries tonight, mate. Oh, yes. <laughs> Congratulations to Fabio. Back to you guys in the studio. <laughs> Thanks very much, Matt. What a class guy. Uh, all of the MotoGP riders are. You just love every one of them because they've ever, all of them have got such class, haven't they, on and off the circuit, Simon. Uh, just go back on some of the, the comments that Fabio uh, mentioned there, specifically talking about the fact that he used his head more in this race. Well, that's exactly... I'm glad you said that. Exactly what I was thinking is I think now we're not only seeing the Quattararo we saw with the brilliant speed, we've got the more polished, mature one, and he's even more dangerous. He certainly is. Well, here is the best singer in MotoGP, and he's now the world championship leader as well, Joanne Zarco, back-to-back second-place finishers, and he's with Matt now. Yeah, thanks a lot, Steve. What a seven days it's been for the man standing in front of us, Joanne Zarco. Joanne, tonight, your 50th world championship podium from another great race leading the world championship now in MotoGP for the very first time. It's been a very, very positive week, as we said. <laughs> positive weekend. Nice qualifying yesterday with a nice surprise of the teammate having the pole. And another surprise uh, during the race. He, he has been leading almost all the race. And I expect to have maybe a slower pace than last week. But he was feeling comfortable and we went even faster than last week. And... Uh, that was nice because I was feeling good behind him and I was enjoying a lot. And the good things also, every time a rider was overtaking me, I was able to overtake him again to protect this second place and also kind of protection for Jorge to keep him leading the race because he was so clean that I wanted to keep the, this pace. Has been working perfectly till uh, four or three laps to, to go. Um, Fabio came and he, he was strong. He has been able to overtake Jorge in a good time, have a gap. And me, the energy was there to try to follow Fabio and don't let him go. But uh, I didn't uh, overtake Jorge easily. He, he was going fast and overtake Jorge has been complicated till the last lap where I had to control the guys behind and try to overtake Jorge. But it worked perfectly in turn 15 and... I'm so happy. I, I did not expect to to leave Qatar uh, leading the championship. How good was your teammate tonight? He's only a second ever MotoGP race on pole position last night and you had to wait until the second to last corner of the whole race to pass him for second place. You've got a lot of experience. You must have been very impressed with his performance. I've been pretty impressed and even during the, the race I was surprised. And But I said, 
That's perfect. Uh, that's perfect because he let him let him go. Uh, that he, he can continue to do this because I know the bike he has. I know also the way he's riding. So I could also work a lot on myself. And uh, I think for the comments that uh, we can give then to Ducati, it will be pretty interesting. And I hope we can do uh, a step to have even a better feeling on the bike to go even faster. But the, since but since Friday, anyway, even when it was afternoon and very hot, he was riding and he got feeling. He didn't do any mistake this weekend. And the way he has been riding, it was uh, not like a rookie, uh, only 20 years old or 21, I don't know. But uh, controlling everything uh, as is uh, a, a man, a MotoGP man. Just quickly, I want to talk about your recent personal journey, Joe. And 18 months ago, you took that very brave decision to walk away from KTM. You left yourself with no ride, yet here you are at the start of 2021, leading the MotoGP World Championship. How do you reflect on that journey over the last few months or so? I don't think about it too much. I'm living right now the, the moment. And uh, the decision, I took it uh, 18 months ago. I took it for, for me, for my, uh, for my happiness, uh, because uh, riding in bike is what I want. But if I do it uh, without the smile, it's better do something else. Ducati is giving, my, giving me back the smile. The team is giving me a lot of smile, so keep going uh, that way. Incredible race tonight, uh, Joanne. The first time two Frenchmen have been on a MotoGP podium since 1954, believe it or not, 67 years ago. Not even I'm that old. And it was great to see you with Fabio celebrating on the podium as well, two Frenchmen. He says you're a great piano player, a great rider, and not a bad singer as well, after banging out the La Marseillaise. La Marseillaise is not an easy song to, to sing. <laughs> But uh, I was not too, too wrong uh, singing it. But he's shy, he's uh, winning a race and he's still shy to don't sing. So uh, I push him and at the end we got uh, two voices uh, on the top of the podium. I'm sure it's not the last time we're going to see the pair of you singing so. the French National Anthem <laughs> this season. Huge congratulations, Joan, World Championship leader. We'll see you in Portimao. Back to you guys, Steve. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Thanks to Joanne Zarco as well. What a guy and what a story it really is, actually. The turnaround for Joanne Zarco. He also, very smart there, just mentioning, uh, Simon, that he decided that the best strategy would be to stay behind Jorge once he got out front, to not invite the pressure coming from behind. Yeah, the impression I got listening to his words and imagining what he meant is he's happy to have a teammate that makes his job Yeah easier rather than being left out there on your own so amazing again big praise for Jorge to be able to stand up and uh, to do that for his teammate but yeah Joanne I don't know about you but I smiled through that whole interview because uh, it's good to see someone um, come back out of that hole Matt was talking about and lead the world championship completely agree yeah there's so much to try and talk about from that race we're not going to get through it at all but there is a big talking point Simon that we have to just get into and that is Jack Miller versus Juan Mir, the world champion. Now, they had their moments where they touched. Here we go. We can see the moment here where Juan Mir goes through and nudges Jack Miller. Yep. But Jack Miller clearly to. not happy with no. this. Well, when I say he had to, I think Juan, I mean, because it's the only, he was saying sorry there, it's the only chance yep. to pass. He's trying to line it up. He doesn't get his... Oh, can't quite get through. Jack's turned back in. You know, two riders ending up in the same place. But the problem 
This is what we want to talk about. This mm. is the big moment. I didn't get to see it in pit lane, but you know, uh, oh God. Let's see if we can see another replay. Because I would like to. a couple to. of looks from Jack. Juan's not happy at all. The thing is, I noticed it stopped Juan Mia's run through, but Jack wanted his run through, you know? They both, mm. um, yeah. I get the feeling Jack's getting frustrated. He wants to be yeah, of the, the lad leading on the Dukes. And yeah, that's a shame. I mean, Juan Mir was rough with him, but he didn't do it on purpose. I, they have no choice but to squeeze through because the Dukes can pass him back down the straight. And they've got no choice, you know? And it didn't go quite to plan. Juan said, oh, sorry. But it didn't go down well with with Jack. It's well, a shame. Let's hope they kiss and make up because we love all of the riders in MotoGP. And a quick shout out to Brad Binder as well. Excellent job. Another yeah, thing, though, GTA. I've been judged as a rider by commentators who didn't see something else. So yeah. I'd love to know the whole story and talk to them. Yeah, absolutely. We don't know all the facts. We can't see everything from our tiny little TV screens in the commentary box. So maybe there is more than meets the eye to this one. Hey, it's been a fantastic night. Thanks for joining us here. So much more to talk about that we can discuss, of course, on Friday in Free Practice 1 in Portugal, because that is where we're heading to next. It's time for a press conference now. But until then, from Simon Crafer, from Matt Burt, from myself, Steve Day, enjoy the highlights of what has been a spectacular night. Enjoy